Now tell me if you remember No telling if you remember I'll never forget I'll never forget Welcome to the Hashtag Call to Scene podcast, the show focused on the strategic disruption of the status quo in technical organizations, communities, and events. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of the Hashtag Call to Scene podcast. Today's episode is, as the title said, boot camp, anonymous boot camp guest number three. So we will not be identifying this individual And so we will just get right into it by asking this person, why is it important to cause a scene and how are they causing a scene? Okay, so I'm here to tell my experience about going to a boot camp. I attended this boot camp called Pursuit. It's in New York City. Um, Pursuit is registered as a nonprofit, but I found it very odd that they are asking all their students to participate in an income share agreement where if you make an income of 60 grand or more, then you pay 12% of that income until your payment term ends. And that is regardless of whether you attended the boot camp full-time or part-time. Um, at the time I attended the full-time and part-time tracks were both nine months. Also, at the time, I did not realize this income share agreement was repaying Pursuit's investors. So this nonprofit had sought investor funding in order to run this program, and I was not aware of that. So uh, I kind of feel they were being sort of like this middleman for this type of alternative loan. And I also thought it was very odd that They called this income share agreement a pay it forward agreement. And in the explanation of it, it was suggested that all fellow payments were going towards either alumni programming or even future iterations of this program. So I'm still trying to work out what's going on, if any of this was kosher, legal of any kind, but... I think there was just a lot of misrepresentation going around. Okay. So this is, okay. So this, I've been thinking about this because you are my third anonymous guest and I've been having these conversations on Twitter um, for a while now. And I'm, and, and something came to me this morning and it, cause a lot of the, the pushback that I'm hearing when, people like myself were calling attention to this and questioning our students and other people saying, but this is better than going to college and getting a degree. This is much cheaper than going to college and getting a degree that you can, you know, blah, blah, blah. And on the surface, it seems that way. It's only when you dig into these situations that this to me is not the reality. And I, and I think for me, I'm finding, I'm figuring out why it's so troubling for me. So, when I go to a private school, if it's K through 12, um, if I don't have a, if I can't afford it, there's a scholarship um, or something, if they have those things. If not, I just can't afford to attend that school. Um, my parents are paying for that. If at the college level, if I'm going to a, for, uh, a private or public school, 
Um, there are systems, although antiquated, although discriminatory, although whatever they are, there are systems in place to assist people in paying for these, um, these um, schools. And this is the part that I have a trouble with, um, that, that, that bothers me about this new set of schools. The schools, what the schools are charging and how the schools get paid is decoupled, is not, not even decoupled because it's never been a part of it. It's never been attached to the schools actually being also the money people, the loan holders, the people who are giving loans. That's a whole different system. So if I go to Harvard, if I go to University of Georgia, if I go to UCLA, the school sets their tuition, Everybody understands what the tuition is, and it's up to the students and their families to figure out how this tuition will get paid. And that is being, and those things come from parents who can afford it, come from parents or something getting loans from banks, and also from um, Pell Grants from the, from the federal government, from um, Freddie Mac or whoever the, because the, I forgot it's not Salome anymore, loan, uh, offer, you know, the loaning people that comes with that. It is not inside the school. The schools are not having classes and also funding the people who go into the classes. It reminds me a lot of um, what came to my mind is um, those pay here, buy here, pay here car lots mm-hmm. where their cars usually aren't the be- in the best conditions their loan rates are higher than your average and, 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 it, and it targets the most vulnerable because only the most vulnerable, well, usually, I'm not gonna, only is a absolute, usually the most vulnerable are subjected to such buy here, pay here things. If not, we go, most people go to either get a car through, you know, a dealership, they can get a car off Craigslist, they can get a car, but they're not going to a buy here, pay here lot where, the people who have your car that you want are also giving you the money. That's not how dealerships work. They, you get a loan from your bank, you get it something. There's an outside thing that's funding that. I'm starting to believe really clearly that the mixing of these two things is what's leading to these individuals. It's leading to a capitalist equation that exploits the most vulnerable and profits the people who are who are the most privileged. Um, absolutely. Um, just looking at the way Pursuit set up their ISA, it's like in my opinion, it's clearly set up to um, squeeze as much money as they can out of the students who did get jobs. Because for one thing, there is no payment cap, whereas most other institutions that institute an ISA do have some sort of payment cap, such as like. Okay, so tell me what that means. What's a payment cap? Well, first of all, I want to, so two things. I've never heard of a nonprofit having investors, so I need to understand what that means. There are people who um, nonprofits you get grant money. Um, there are people who um, set up fellowships. There are people who set up foundations. All these things, but I've never heard of a nonprofit having investors because I've and under my understanding that would violate 501c3. That's the first thing. And then the second thing is the, I want you to talk about the, 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 the cap. So go ahead. Okay. So 
to address the first thing about nonprofits having investors, I was very surprised about that too, because I didn't know nonprofits were allowed to get investors of that sort. And I was familiar with nonprofits themselves giving out like loans, but you're talking about like micro loans, nothing on the scale of twenty, thirty thousand dollars to go to a boot camp. And regarding a payment cap, so um, a payment cap mean, means um, that's the maximum amount that someone is going to pay on their ISA. So if you look at similar boot camps that in, implement an ISA, they'll say your payment cap is one and a half times our upfront tuition or two times upfront tuition. So if a boot camp was charging $20,000 if you paid upfront and if you went the ISA route, the maximum you would pay would be like 30000 if their cap was one and a half times that tuition. Mm, okay. So you brought up a good point. So I want to seize this out a bit. You talked about microloans. So I've seen the microloan. I've investigated that um, space because I, when it was first, I first saw it um, in other, um, when they were using it in, 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 com- in communities where a, hundred dollar loan would enable and it that usually were focused on women would enable a, a local woman in her community to start a business and she would pay back that money plus a small amount of interest um so and it would go to help the next group of people yes um there's nowhere that and maybe i'm mistaken if i am i need someone to to show me that i didn't if 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 the original loans that were given out were from investors who wanted their money back. That's what that's that's the thing that 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 I'm struggling with because then why not have a for-profit company? Because that's what that is for. So um and I'm glad you brought that up because people might see the parallels, but that's different. Cause as you said, that's a hundred dollars maximum of a loan. And to in those countries, it is uh, would be a lot more money, um, but these women were building businesses that allowed them to actually do this, um, and um, it was and it was a lot of community stuff. So as soon as you, I mean, they people celebrated being and pay, pay off their loans because they knew that their next sister could get the money and that kind of thing. So I I, I really need to understand this investing part of um, nonprofit. So. Whoever is listening, if you have resources on that, please let me know. And so you're saying that, what was your tuition at um, this boot camp? Um, so when I first applied for this boot camp and when I was attending, there was no listed tuition. The only Okay, okay so, I'm sorry, because people can't see my face, but I had that face. So I just want to... Okay, so there was no listed tuitions. Okay, go keep going. Okay, so um, when I applied for this boot camp and when I attended, um, this boot camp positioned itself as a fellowship program where there was no upfront cost or tuition while you were attending the program. But they asked all their participants to, to participate in what they called their pay it forward agreement. And that's where you come into, if you make $60,000 income, then you start paying 12% of your income until either you, until either like you 
um, finish your payment term or you don't make that income anymore. But you don't have a payment. What are you paying back if you didn't have tuition? They explained it as there's only so much philanthropic and grant funding available, and they wanted to bring this program to more students. So they were asking their students to start paying it forward so that they could sustain the community and offer alumni programming and invest more resources into their students. So that's how it was sold to me. Okay. All right. So you're saying, oh my God. Oh, wow. Mm. So you, there's a program. Please come to our program. There is no cost to, to attend. When you get a job making $60,000 plus, we are asking you to give back 12% of your income for how long? It's 36 months. It's a, it's a very weird contract. So there's like this weird 12-month qualifying period after, like after you finish the program. And like, if you get like a job during that 12 months, then you definitely have to pay back for like 36 months. But if it takes you like more than 12 months to find the job, then it's less than 36 months. It's, it's very complicated. Not a lot of people understand that. Understand that. So, ba- ba- hold on. so because there's no tuition, oh my God. And that means that the person who's, making $60,000 before taxes mm-hmm. is giving 12% as well as the person who may find themselves in a job of $100,000 before taxes giving money at 12%. Mm-hmm. And then my question is, is this, because you signed this, it's not even an ask, it's a requirement. If you meet that threshold of the, of the, getting a job within 12 months to 36 months. Uh-huh. Yeah. <sighs> okay. So like I asked the other guest, um, I know people are going to, this just, I'm just going to be honest. This sounds like the weirdest shit I've ever heard um, when it comes to funding education. So I'm going to ask you um, because I know people are going to, are going to say, well, they signed up for it. You know, it's not our business. They should have known better. Why did you sign? What, what about this? was appealing to you and where in the process did you realize that there was a, a, oh, what the hell kind of moment? And then why didn't you stop then? A few factors that influenced my decision to attend Pursuit were, um, one, Pursuit had a a part-time program where I could go on the nights and weekends. So I would go to my job during the daytime and then the rest of the time go to school I didn't have the financial means to leave my job and go to a full-time program. And there weren't many part-time programs around that offered like in-person instruction. So that's the first thing. The second thing was partially that pay it forward agreement. It made it sound as though I was helping other people by attending. And in part, I felt this was a safe decision because I had discovered pursuit through my local library. Um, it's not that it's not as if I showed up to the library and know someone left flyers around. Um, I went to my own library's coding classes, and at 
the library's graduation ceremony. They were giving out information on other coding boot camps if you wanted to take this a little further. And Pursuit was one of them. So I felt if the library is giving me this information, they, they must have had to at least have heard a pitch to have cleared this. Everyone in the hashtag call the scene community shares the same common beliefs based on a set of four specific guiding principles. One, tech is not neutral, nor is it apolitical. Two, intention without strategy is chaos. Three, lack of inclusion is a risk and increasingly a crisis management issue. And lastly, but most importantly, four, we must prioritize the most vulnerable. To find out more about the guiding principles and adding them to your Twitter profile banner, please visit hashtag causeascene.com. So I felt if the library's giving me this information, they, they must have had to at least have heard a pitch okay. to have okay. cleared this. Yeah, so you had trust in your library. So information coming from your library, you felt it was vetted. Yeah. So at what point did you, did some red flags start to raise? Um, well, during the program, there were some odd requirements for some assignments, such as when we started doing a professional skills assignment for like resume writing, one of the requirements was to list pursuit under work experience instead of education. And you had to use a description that pursuit wrote saying that this was a Google funded program, among other things. And if you did not do that, the grading criteria specifically said you had to list it as, as work experience using this description. Otherwise, it's not a passing grade. <laughs> and you also had to do the same thing for your LinkedIn profile. So I thought that is very odd. Okay. Why are they asking us to basically lie? Mm -hmm. Not even basically, it is a lie. Mm -hmm. Saying this is work experience when it's not, it's a school, it's education. Mm -hmm. So that was one of the first signs. And also seeing that there were big gaps in just how the nights and weekends class was educated in relation to the daytime class. So tell me about some of those. So at the time I attended, um, there was a daytime web class, did the full-time 40 hours a week, and a nights and weekends class that did the part-time 25 hours a week. And we were, both classes were following the same curriculum. And I noticed that my instructor would have to rush to teach us things that were going to be on the test because there just wasn't enough time in our regular schedule to learn all this. And also the people writing the test were the daytime instructors. Ah, without thought of where the, the nighttime people were in. So was the, okay. So how long was your program? It was nine months. And so how long was the, um, the daytime program also nine months like all oh so you never would have caught up no of course not and then so it's so it wasn't so it wasn't four months for the for the for the early for the 40 hours and then nine months because that's double yeah. <laughs> um for the oh wow so you there was never an opportunity to catch up and also like i did try to make use of pursuits other resources such as like office hours 
we know as tutoring. And mm-hmm. I couldn't make use of that because apparently Pursuit had this unspoken rule in place where they needed a minimum number of signups to hold it. And if they didn't get that minimum number of signups, they weren't going to call in a volunteer and they're going to cancel it all. So me and a bunch of other students were just asking them, then why do you even bother holding office hours? And how do you expect anyone to do well in this program if you're not going to help them? Oh my God. So not only are you behind, any effort that you made to get help, if there weren't, weren't a minimum number of other individuals who could find time during the regular, the, during the office hours, then it was, it was canceled. And instead of having this quote unquote volunteer just there for office hours because they were office hours. Yeah. So um, I think there were other office hours available, like an hour before class, but. Um, You're working. Yeah, like, or I'm commuting there, or mm-hmm. it's not an individual one-on-one, it's just a group one, so you have to make sure you're there first so your question gets answered. Yeah, so. yeah. Ooh. And so you, so why, if, if you're experiencing all this, these red flags are going off, first of all, did you complete the program? I did. Why did you continue with the program? Because under the contract, whether... If you decide to leave the program before finishing or Pursuit asks you to leave, you're still obligated underneath the, the pay it forward agreement. So if I had left the program, but then somehow managed to get a job in tech, I would still be contractually obligated to f- fulfill that pay it forward portion of the agreement. <laughs> Wait a minute. Okay, stop. Stop like that. Every time I think you what you're telling me can't get worse. Okay. so. Was there a was there at least a grace period that if you left with, within the first month or two weeks that you didn't have to pay, or as soon as you started, it was there was there was no grace period, and I, in my opinion, I feel if there was a grace period, um, the first month you wouldn't actually sense that you would have to leave just because of the the quality of the coursework that mm-hmm. was being covered. Like it wasn't anything that was like super difficult or. So, so you wouldn't have gotten the red flags within the, within the um, grace period? No. But even the fact that there wasn't a grace period is uh, even universities have a dropout date. Shit. <laughs> you go into for two weeks and if you, this is not the class where you, you pay a percentage of the class or if you, you know, if you don't, whatever, it's, there's, there's a drop. See, and, and again, people, it's not that I'm favoring college education, because I can tell you most of the jobs that are in tech right now, uh, particularly if you're talking about coding, you don't need a college degree because you don't need, you, it, it's beneficial to have computer science background because you understand how things work and you can ask um, questions that help solve problems. But to functionally code, um, that's not necessary. What I'm highlighting though is as shitty as the college system is, this is so much worse to me. This is so much worse. So there's no grace period. You sign in, you come in day one. And if I decide to leave because I'm not learning anything and I have a friend who says, you know what, I'm going to teach you this. And I get a job within that three years, then I still have to pay back 12% of my income. Yeah. If they find out you have that job, because I'm, at the time when I signed my contract, it was 
I would say it's largely a law honor system. They say that once you, like the contract technically says that um, you have to consent to your employer speaking to them about your income and such and such, but I don't, I don't, I have no idea how heavily that's enforced or. That's what I say, is that even legal? Yeah, actually the contract does, my contract does mention something about um, students having to execute an employer agreement once you do get a job that would say that like I consent to pursuit being in contact with my employer about my employment status and like my income and such and such. But um, what you touched upon that being legal, um, perhaps it's not because when I did get a job and I asked about it, um, no one got back to me about it. <laughs> no one ever asked me to execute this document. So what do you mean? No one on your employer end or your uh, pursuit on, end? On the pursuit end because the contract would come from pursuit, this employer agreement. So, so did you, have have they taken money from you? I mean, has have you been paying this thing back? Yes, I have. And how did they know you told them? Yes, I would have to have told them because my employer had gone to pursuit with the job opportunity. So that's how I found out ah, about it. So gotcha. even if I decided not to have told them, they would have found out because the employer would have told them anyway. Okay. And does your employer understand what this situation is? I I don't believe so, but... I think I believe my employer is not quite sure what to do with pursuit. It's a it's a bit of a long story. They tr- uh, it's a bit of a long story about what happened at last year's like fundraising bash for pursuit. Okay. Um, I can go into it later if you want, but hmm. I, I I just need to stop here because I'm just telling you as an educator, all of this is just like. I'm I'm sad for you and I'm sad for your um I guess my question is it was the education you got from pursuit at least was it instrumental in helping you get a job I would say the education I got per, at pursuit would would not have gotten me a job um it's a miracle I have my own job in tech um I think it's just a I think it's probably like my employer was seeing was probably seeing the potential I had and probably ha- I probably had a lot of very good references. But if I had tried to apply to any any sort of employer that did not know about pursuit, like I would not be prepared to go on any of those interviews. And I wasn't. I didn't like my projects didn't have basic things like even unit testing. And it was embarrassing when I was on interviews to explain why I didn't do unit testing. Because like we never covered it in class. We never had the time to cover it in class. So are you working as a programmer? Uh, yes. Okay. All right. <sighs> okay. Mm. I don't need, I'm going to be honest uh, here, people. I don't know where to go with this. I am so bummed right now. I'm physically, I'm almost in tears. I'm going to tell you that because this, this just, this feels so wrong. This feels so wrong. And for those who will sit back and say, well, these individuals brought it on themselves, this guest has explained so many things that you would not have. Not Like one of these things you would not have been happy if they happened to you. But this is just a pile and pile of shit, just, just bad bad business, bad education, bad. I, and it's supposed to be a nonprofit. 
That's what, then you go back to, this is supposed to be a nonprofit. What is the mission of this organization? It's like, so yeah, tell me, mm, while I figure this out in my head, I'm struggling right now, um, people, I really am. I'm really struggling with a go with this. So I'm just going to let this guest tell me about the story you said about the fundraising in your um, employer. And um, I'm going to put myself on mute because I just need to figure this out. So <laughs> just talk about what what happened there. Okay, so to circle back, um, last October, so October 2018, uh, my employer decided to buy uh, like 25 tickets to Pursuit's fundraise, annual fundraising gala bash. And I think for those... I'll stop right there. Were you already employed with this? You were already employment? Yeah, I was already employed. Okay, all right. And my employer was ultimately dissatisfied with how much they paid for these tickets to basically go to an after party that was just flowing with drinks and no food to absorb this alcohol. When the previous year, they had also bought tickets, but for a lesser price, but actually had more fun at this thing. Like they got to see at least some of these speeches that were happening and actually had more access to like food and not just like getting shit faced on alcohol. So mm-hmm. they they were confused why they had to pay like so much money for like a less experience of this annual gala. Hmm. So even in that pursuit is burning like you, bridges with employers who are willing to not only support but hire their students. Yeah. I I have no idea if my employer is going to purchase tickets to this year's bash. I don't know yet. It's a little early on for that. Um uh, yeah, it was really awkward. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. So I guess my question is, and we talked about it from the beginning, but I want to bring this up again. Why are you on this show? What 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 made you reach out to me and say, hey, can I be a guest? Because I'm honest, I still don't have any. I'm just, I'm, 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 I, people know me. I have words. And right now I just don't have words. Um, well, first of all, I saw you speak at Right Speak Code down in San Francisco, so I, I got to see Kim, Kim Creighton live, and that's what prompted me to write to you about my experience to see if you were interested in sharing my story, and fortunately, you invited me onto your podcast. So why, did you, why do you think it's important to share your story? I think it's important to share the story because... Um, Pursuit is a very small organization. They're only in New York City at this time. So not a lot of people know about them. Even when I was interviewing myself for jobs, not a lot of people knew what Pursuit was. Well, at the time, it was it was called by a different name. It was called Coalition for Queens, and no one knew what that was. <laughs> um, and I feel, the need, I feel my story needs to be shared because... Um, People need to be aware of what's going on. I don't want other people to get caught up in the same situation I was. Like, don't think that because you found out about this from your local library, it's safe. Scrutinize everything that you've been told. Listen to the bad experience that students have had, not just the good experiences. And also, Pursuit actually wants to take this sort of income sharing model where investors provide the money and students pay it back. They want to 
present this as a viable model for other nonprofits. Uh, like, uh, like I don't like if like right at the moment, um, Pursuit's website is upfront about this whole investor funding model for nonprofits, but so because the money the money is drying up from grants and and foundations, this is be, it's this is being positioned as a viable model for nonprofits. Yeah, they're trying to get, they're trying to argue this is a viable model for nonprofits. And even at least in like document, at least in like update emails I received from the school about their overall plan for this income share agreement, they actually want to present this to other nonprofits as a viable way to like keep their business running. But I, I think if other people, heard this, they would say, no, this is going to get us into a lot of trouble. And so something I heard recently is that there's this group of individuals, group of businesses, group of organizations that are um, basically income sharing model is the business model. And they're attaching all these Mm -hmm. different kinds of business ideas on it to see which models, which of these business, these ideas actually, let, let me say it this way products and services. So they're trying to see which products and services fit the income sharing model. And they hit a home run with the, with the education product um, or service, whichever way you want to see um, education as a viable income sharing agreement, um, something they can strap onto that. Cause it's not to me, to them, it's not, it's not, the color of socks that I put on, it's just that I need socks. So the socks are the most important part. I need to cover my feet with something. And so I, we're going to try out all these different socks to see which socks feel more comfortable into me and my analogies. Okay. So we're going to stick with the socks. So it's cold outside. So I had my feet, my feet need to have socks on. It's cold outside. So I need to figure out, okay, so I can't wear my, my half socks. Can't wear the, what socks fit my, my, and then I need to figure out what shoes I'm going to wear. So it's about now trying to make this income sharing model, figure out what different socks and shoe combinations work with that. This is what this has become. So it is not about education because if it was about education, you would see a better structure for supporting students. And um, you would not have organizations who don't apply as um, apply for as 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 schools in the states that they're in, and they wouldn't be getting cease and desist letters. It wouldn't be like, "Oops, we had a legal issue." No, if it's an educational, if that if, if education was the business model, you make sure you check the education boxes. But since income sharing agreement is the business model, they're making sure they check all the financial um, check boxes and then slapping other stuff on it. So now you're talking about because particularly after 2008, the um, nonprofits have been struggling. This is a way to fund your nonprofits. But this is where, I, uh, this, is, now this is where we get clouded because you said they were going to get themselves in trouble. I've heard that a, a group of these organizations have, been, have come together to now start lobbying federal, state, and local governments about how to change. So now they're trying to, they want to have influence on the laws because right now there really are no laws for this stuff. This is why they're getting away with this shit because no one's figured this stuff out yet. So now they're trying to figure out so they can influence the laws so that they might change how 501c3s function. 
to, to, so that they can do income sharing agreements. They might change um, how, now think about investors. When, if you only think about shareholder value, VC value, we've seen it in just in the tech space with NPM recently, with WeWorks recently. Um, it's not about the thing anymore. It's not about the products and service. It's about making sure that these shareholders get paid back. Absolutely. Um, when I found out about how this whole pay it, quote unquote pay it forward actually worked and I was looking at all the the documents that Pursuit had sent me about about this, it's very clear. It's just about paying back the shareholders because they, among like the updates Pursuit had sent me, they mentioned, oh, we're introducing a new economic hardship pause where if there's an occasion where you can't pay for some reason, um, you can apply to have your payments pause for up to three months, but that's only three months for the lifetime that you're obligated to pay them. And even then they have to approve it. And So they're functioning as loan holders, but acting, acting as if they're not loan holders. Yeah. I'm now ready to articulate and to publicly share my need to shift from causing the scene. Currently this work, this push for equity, for minimizing harm, and for prioritizing the most vulnerable, is collectively viewed by many as noise, bullying, troublemaking, as contrarian for controversy's sake, rather than what it is, a necessary evolution for the overall health and well-being of those who work for us, partner with us, buy from us, invest in us, and society as a whole. My focus from this day forward is to forge a path to welcoming and psychological safety in systems, institutions, and policies at scale because I will no longer put new wine into old wineskins. My team and I will be spending the next few months making the necessary changes to ensure that my new commitment to doing the proactive work of leading a movement framed by the guiding principles and seen through an anti-racist lens strategically happens with a relaunch on Juneteenth. To be kept informed of our progress, please follow me on Twitter at K-I-M-C-R-A-Y-T-O-N-1, Kim Creighton 1, and on our new Kim Creighton's Community Cafe Discord server. When I started Hashtag Cause a Scene in 2019, it was out of my frustration that no one was listening. Now that you're listening, it's time to get to work. Thank you for the years of support, and I'll meet you on the other side. Have a wonderful day. So they're functioning as loan holders, but acting acting as if they're not loan holders. Yeah, yeah. I think um, another thing that was very upsetting for me was when I was reading it, it was explained that, especially when it was explained as, oh, this is new. So it, it really upset me when I found out. So if I had trouble before this, you would have just said no, because we have an agreement to have our shareholders to pay them back. And so, so but then it's like, I didn't know you had this other agreement with shareholders or investors that you were actually paying back and relying on me to pay them back for. So. And that speaks also to some of the for-profit ones who are using the shareholder agreement who are 
selling them. I mean, out there, they're selling them out right out, out the box to hedge funds, bundling together and making financial instruments with these things. Now, that to me is a, a recipe for disaster because that seems so close to the the um, the mortgage crisis that we uh, subprime mortgage mortgage crisis crises that we went to that that slammed the market um, in two thousand eight. I, I just I just you've asked them questions. I'm I'm sure. And what is their response? What has their response been when you questioned them? Um, well, for example, I questioned them about the economic hardship pause. I asked them, well, what if there's a situation where someone needs more than three months of help? And it was basically a very long-winded response about like, oh, well, we tried so hard to get you this already. <laughs> like, you, you didn't answer the question. <laughs> and... <clears throat> Oh, this is so hard. This is so hard. But like to build up on what you said about how this is just going to bring up another crisis similar to the mortgage crisis, I think that's absolutely true because um, I'm someone who came to pursuit with like already having student loan debt. And I'm not, I'm pretty sure there are a lot of other people who had that too and didn't came to this program not realizing they were signing a loan agreement. and there was no, there were no questions from pursuit. Like, do you have pre-existing debt? How much mm. debt do you have coming to this program? Like, when I started the program, I didn't have as much debt in relation to other people, but I still had debt. I'm sure there were a lot of other people who had more debt than I did. And that's that's something you have to fill out for your FICA. I mean, yeah, I think things FAFSA. Um, they ask those questions. They take you through a whole um, um, how much how much debt do you already have? What are you making? What's your house? Da 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 da. All that you go through a counseling thing. I mean, yeah, it's online, but at least they put that in place. And yeah, people, you know, it, it is effective for what it is, but at least it's something so yeah. that you're making conscious decisions. And I'm just really, I'm so pissed about. I, I guess the two biggest things that I'm pissed about is that this is a nonprofit with investors and that there is a loan that you don't know that you have, a, that you should sign a loan for. I, I don't know where this is legal. I just don't. Somebody please out here in hashtag call the community, please tell me how any of this is legal. I just, and then, so if it's not legal, then not only should you not be paying, but they need to give you your money back that you've already paid into the system and everybody else's. I don't understand, but this is why it's so, I see now clearly why this group of individuals, these group of organizations have gotten together, banded together, because they're, they're better if they come together as a group to cause us to, to, to create a coalition and want to influence, want to influence how these laws are set up federal, state, and local level. And it's like, we're seeing it. The subprime mortgage, I didn't see. I wasn't a part of that community, and I didn't see it. But I'm seeing it here, and and it's 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 you see it, and you see you have an understanding of where this is going to lead. It's going to lead off a cliff. It's going to lead off a cliff, and the people who are going to be harmed are you and your fellow compatriots, because like in the subprime mortgage, those larger organizations were saved. They got bailouts. 
Everybody else lost their homes and, and had, and had um, mortgage debt. And this is what is the problem with tech right now. We keep, we continue to exploit, harm the most valuable and the, and the guy under the guise of making a better world. We're, 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 we're um, like you said, we're, we're offering you this opportunity. We're, we're giving you access to something, but in the worst possible way. And giving you access to something that could fundamentally sh- shift your life and change your life financially for the better, but also shackling this weight of financial burden on you that you don't even recognize you have to that same thing. And this is just deplorable, absolutely deplorable. <sighs> okay, so in the... I, I, I don't, I, I could tell you, I, there are very few conversations that I've walked away from and just like, I, I need to go take a nap. And this is one, <laughs> this is one of them. I'm happy my day is over. Um, so I'm just going to, I need to end this right now because I don't know what to do with these feelings I have right now because it's just, it's, this is disgusting. So I want you to share with us some last words. Um, yeah. <laughs> I guess my last words would be um, to just, I hope your listeners um, take my story seriously. Well, not my story, my experience seriously, because it's not a story. It actually happened. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm aware a lot of people are going to say, I brought this upon myself or not investigating further, but um I just feel I was taken advantage of. I was in a vulnerable place. I just wanted to be financially independent. So I took the option that seemed safe and and it wasn't. And I'm trying to just keep on surviving, trying to find out if there's any legal route for me to pursue with this. If any, at the very, if there isn't, I just hope people listen to my experience and be cautious for themselves. I'm going to ask you a question because one of the things that I'm, it, everything about this story, and now I know why this bothers me so much. It violates every one of the four guiding principles of hashtag called the same. One, tech is not neutral. Two, we must prioritize the most vulnerable. Three, intention without strategy is chaos. And lack of inclusion is a risk management issue. Um, no one from a disenfranchised community would have created anything like this for somebody else from their own community. This comes from people who come from a totally different background doing this to individuals or people who want to exploit this. And this is just so disgusting in so many ways. And I didn't ask this question, so I'm going to ask you and uh, before we look at because this will put it in perspective for me, because you said this is your experience. How much are you paying them monthly? Um, I'm paying six six fifty a month. So, like the Pursuit website says, their average income for their students after getting a job in tech is like eighty five grand. I'm not making anywhere close to eighty five grand. Mm-hmm. I'm making just a little bit over the the sixty grand threshold. And so, sixty. So I want you guys. I want I want everyone to think about this. Sixty grand. 
60K before taxes, before insurance costs, before anything mm-hmm. else. They're taking out 600 and what was that? I'm paying 650. 650 a month. So hold on. I'm going to quickly do some math here. I'm going to pull out this calculator. So 650. So you're paying $7,800 before taxes. So 6K minus 7,800. I did that wrong. Um, 6,000. 60,000. Minus seven hundred. So you're, and you're in New York City, right? Yes. So your salary before they take out, because uh, they the federal government is going to hit you at that sixty, not at this fifty two twenty. I mean fifty two thousand two hundred dollars. So that's what I can't even say. That's what you're taking home because you can't even haven't even taken all the other things out, and I'm sure you're closer to 45, 47,000 take home at this point. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. that's fucked up. That's, and that's how, mm-hmm. I, that's how I got to end this. I need you guys. I need, I'm, I apologize for saying you guys, I need listeners here to understand that this is real. This is not fake. $60,000 take $7,800 of that before you have to pay everything else that you're obligated to pay. And the federal government is not taking money off the 52-2. It's going to take money off the 60000 So um, I was talking to my guest when I, this is the second time this has happened, after I cut off. And there are some things that she wanted to share that she did not share. So please share that, and then we'll close the show. Thank you, Kim. Um, well, earlier in the show, I mentioned how Pursuit didn't really have great technical curriculum for the part-time students like me, or even had like serious profession. They also had like serious professional issues, such as that whole this fellowship is work experience thing. I just wanted to mention um, uh, when I was at the program, there there are also incidents where I didn't really feel treated like a human being. I think the most, like the most upsetting thing that happened, well, it didn't affect me, but it affected a lot of other students. So at the graduation ceremony, like some students had like asterisks next to their name in the program. And it said like, and it said something to the effect of like still working on graduation requirements. We were, all the students were aware that was going to happen. And Pursuit said, so even though the students who haven't finished all the graduation requirements yet and are going to work on it over the summer, you're still invited to this graduation ceremony. You're going to walk the stage and all that. And we didn't know that they were giving out certificates and the people who had the asterisk next to their name their certificates were blank it's not like a certificate that was like in a folder you have to open it up to see the content it's like all framed and stuff so like from far away you see the title onward and upward 
But like up close, you can see that's all it says. Like it doesn't have the student's name on it. It doesn't have like the the program's supporters. It's a it's a blank. It's a prop. So when Pursuit has to hand those over to the students, they have to make sure it doesn't face the camera. So it doesn't get photographed. And I I just thought that that was really horrible because mm. the people who because like people have their families there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like imagine. Like, I don't know if they told their families, oh, I'm on my way to graduate, or even mm-hmm. if they did, like, I'm sure even their families would have been like, why are they giving you a dummy certificate? Mm-hmm. I just thought that was, that was like really inhumane. Like, no, like, who does that? Well, I know. Okay. So I come from education K through 12 and high school, and they, would um you they would do the all of it was props they wouldn't give you your Mm -hmm. real diploma on the stage everybody Mm -hmm. if you had to go to summer school everybody received Mm -hmm. the same thing and then you go in the back and pick up your real diploma um, or your real certificate but to say that they did it so that and they knew that it had to have a camera angle um but again these are people again and 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 i'm and i have to say this this proves that this is not about an education model. This is about an income sharing agreement model because mm-hmm. mm, an education model would have thought about that. It would have thought about how, yes, uh, and we and, and, and our, we, we would never have put the asterisks in the program. No one needs to know that. Those individuals would have known that um, and you can participate and finish later. But the audience doesn't need to know that you haven't finished the program. That's not their business. If you're at the graduation, that happens at colleges all the time when you have a summer graduation date, but the, the ceremony is in the spring. So you um, participate because there won't be a spring gra- summer graduation. So you participate in the spring or the fall. Um, and if you participate early, you still know that you haven't finished, but there's no asterisk next to your name in the program. Yeah. All right. So, Yeah. I, I, yeah, she wanted to, she was, she was concerned because of my, um, um, my, I'm over this shit, um, that she didn't want to say this and I didn't want to censor her. So that's why I came back on to make sure she was able to tell this story. And it just confirms that this stuff is getting worse. The, every story I hear, I think I've heard the bottom and I have to remind myself white supremacy has no bottom. It is always is designed to get worse. And this is what this is. Every time I hear one of these stories, it's just so much worse than what I thought it was. So thank you for having the courage to tell your story, because I know there are people who reach out to me who just can't do it. They just are too afraid. And so um, thank you so much. Thank you for giving me a platform, Kim. All right. Have a wonderful day. You too. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Hashtag Cause the Scene podcast. And I'd like to thank all our current sponsors of the podcast and the Hashtag Cause the Scene movement. Of course, we strongly encourage everyone to become an individual sponsor of the Hashtag Cause the Scene community. Just visit the website at HashtagCauseTheScene.com to sign up today. On behalf of everyone here at Hashtag Cause the Scene, we'd like to thank you again for listening to today's show and have a wonderful day.